Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. With NFL playoffs already underway and the NBA season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all the up-to-the-second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get into the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember, that's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online where the game starts. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Lions podcast. We officially know who the Detroit Lions will be facing in the divisional round of the playoffs. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after they blow out the Philadelphia Eagles. And, of course, I am joined by a man who knows a little bit of something about beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, picking off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It is the one, the only, the all-pro safety interception leader, Glover Quinn. Yeah, and you know what? That Tampa pick was actually kind of tight. You know, people <laughs> ask really me about was. that they ask me about that pick all the time. It was dope. So, and what's crazy is I should have had three of them that game. Three. That game. Three. And uh, ended up with one. So, it worked out. It absolutely did work out. Would you say that's probably your most impressive or most athletic interception? Or how, how would you rank that among the interceptions? Um, you know, when you, when you say like most athletic, you know, I think about interceptions, like the one I caught against the Tennessee Titans where I'm running full speed, basically towards the sideline and to be able to control your body, stop your body, catch a ball, get toes down and stay in bounds. Right. Or like the one I caught in New Orleans, um, running towards the sidelines, jumping in the air, floating down backwards, and then still be able to get both feet down. To me, some of those are seem more athletic. This one was cool just because it was a slide. You know, yeah. it was a it was a one handed slide. So to me, that's more just ball skills, hand eye coordination awareness because the sideline is right there you know it's a lot but you know when it's when it's your time man it's, it's your time and and that just happened to be my time my year and um everything was just falling into place <laughs> and as we know anytime the ball is in the air it is gq time it is that mentality you are coming down with the ball and hopefully the Lions have the same mentality against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We did face them once this year. Baker Mayfield, zero touchdowns, one interception. Love to see that, though I know probably be a couple more interceptions with you out there. You know what? I never I never liked playing against quarterbacks like Baker. Really? They didn't throw it enough. They didn't take – I didn't like the quarterbacks that didn't take risk. That's why I liked playing against the greats the top quarterbacks because they believe in their guys and their arms so much that they're going to throw the ball to who they want to throw the ball to. Whether you think you got them covered or not, they're still going to throw it. And I like it. 
because you're going to give me an opportunity the same way you give your receiver an opportunity. And more times than not, when the ball goes in the air, yes, I'm going to come down with it. Um, at least I'm going to try. Um, but Baker would have been a type of quarterback that don't want to turn the ball over, keeps it safe, checks it down, only throws it to the wide open guys, never really taking a big risk. Um, so I would have had to get something cheesy off of Baker, in my opinion, um, the way we was playing. You know, but this right here is kind of a newer Baker. You know, he's got a little confidence. He's led them to the playoffs. He's probably hit some incentives on on an incentive-based contract that he had. Um, so he's probably feeling really good about what he's done in Tampa, and hopefully he's found him a home where he can, you know, grow and finish, probably finish his career or whatever he wants to do, right? Baker seems like a guy that can go from a starter for a while and then turn it lead, lead into a backup role and just be that type of guy. So he probably could play for a little while longer. But, you know, to solidify some of his prime years, you know, in Tampa, seems like he's found a spot. You know, I think it started a little bit last year when he finished up in, in, in with the Rams and McVay. It might have been a year before one of them. But just getting a little confidence. Um, obviously, he can play as a number one pick and all these different things, right? So, obviously, he, he has the talent. Um, so now he may take a little more, more chances. I saw him throw the ball down the field a little more last night, trying to hit Mike Evans, you know, throwing the ball down the seams, still a lot of wide open throws. Didn't really see him try to fit the ball in the tight windows. Um, but he didn't really have to <laughs> as much either. Um, so yeah, I mean, hopefully, we, hopefully we can get a couple of interceptions off of him. I know I would have probably. Had at least one play in mind that I would try to get if it if it all worked out for sure. And that's kind of what I was thinking last night too, is just so many wide open wide receivers just running through the Eagles secondary. And it didn't even have to be deep. We all saw the Trey Palmer touchdown where it's what he's three, four yards downfield, makes it breaks a tackle, and he's gone. We also saw the David Moore touchdown where it was run after catch. It was a lot of that, but it's not that Baker can't throw down the field. He did it last night. He just didn't have to at the volume that you often see. But 337 yards and three TDs. Not even Tom Brady had a 300-yard plus three TD game as a Buccaneer in the playoffs. Now, granted, he was often way ahead. They could run the ball. But still, just goes to show that Baker Mayfield has really turned it around. Now we get first overall pick versus first overall pick. Yeah, man. And, you know, it was the same thing last week for, for Jared Goff. Right. And and, you know, I think it's cool because a lot of times these first overall picks as quarterbacks, you don't really see them. Uh, a lot of times they don't carry their teams to the playoffs because these teams are just so bad. The organizations are bad and, you know, it just takes time for them to get there. And when you think about it, it, you know, it hasn't changed. You know, Stafford is a number one overall pick, but he's not playing with his original team. Jared Goff is a number one overall pick. He's not playing with his original team, right? Now, yes, Jared Goff was able to get to the Super Bowl with his Rams team. Stafford was able to get to a few playoff games, never got a win, but then they end up switching teams, and now they're still the the number one talented guy that they were, but they're on different teams. Same thing for Baker. Um so now you've taken those guys who are talented and put them on some teams or better teams or better organizations where they can flourish and they're doing that. And so 
um, to have all these number one, these number one uh, quarterbacks. I mean, you look at the 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 other side. I mean, Lamar Jackson is up there. Um, C.J. Stroud, I know he was number two. He's up there. Um, Patrick Mahomes, all these first round quarterbacks. Josh Allen, first round quarterback. So I know that one over number one overall picks, but they're still top guys. So it's good to see these top quarterbacks, you know, showing up in the playoffs and being able to relate to lead their respective teams, whether it was their original team or not. Um, so it just makes for fun games. And so now Jared Goff is is against Baker Mayfield. And the thing about when you play a team twice, it's tougher to beat a team twice. Um, you 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 generally the 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 variables and the factors are a little different, right? We went to Tampa and got a win. Now they got to come to Detroit. It will be tough for them to come to Detroit and get a win. I will say that. Um, so I like I like the matchup for the Lions. I think you know the the one thing that we're gonna really have to make sure that we can take care of in this game are the linebackers. Because if you remember in week six, we had a healthy Sam Laporta and Levante David was on him pretty good. Um, Their linebackers in Tampa can play there. They're athletic. And that could take away a lot of what Detroit likes to do in the middle of the field with the running backs, with Laporta, Amon Rossing Brown, all those guys. So we got to make sure we have a plan for that. Yeah, the interior of that defense, both covering the tight ends, 11 targets for Sam Laporta last time, four receptions for 36 yards. That's a win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, the Lions were missing both their running backs. David Montgomery starts the game. He goes down. Jameer Gibbs did not play. So only 34 rushing yards from the Lions last time these two teams faced. Part of that's the linebackers. Part of that's Vita Vea. He is just a monster up the middle. The one man who can stop the tush push of the Philadelphia Eagles. But now... You have a healthy David Montgomery. You have a healthy Jameer Gibbs. Does that help? Does that change the game plan? Or as we saw last night, the Bucs are still incredibly difficult to run on. They really shut down the Philadelphia Eagles at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the Bucs are a good defense. Don't get me wrong. I, I think Philadelphia, you know, I think they lost their, their edge going down the stretch, I think. They, they, they had some sinkage of the ship internally. You know, I think what happened. We had that one game where AJ Brown basically comes out and says the same thing that Jameis Winston says. Oh, we just kind of did our own thing. When you have an organization where the players are just saying we're going to do our own thing, you're running into trouble because now as a coach. You really don't have control over your team. You don't have control over the locker room. Those guys don't respect you enough to not just do whatever they want to do. And I think that's what we saw going down the stretch. You you run into too many egos, too many guys that feel like this or that. And that that they I mean you you have all those guys on the defensive side of the ball. They don't want to tackle anybody. They're playing soft. Um and so Tampa just took it to them. They were more physical. They played harder. They played like they wanted to be there. Philly just kind of went through the motions. So, you know, congrats to congrats to Tampa. You know, nobody thought they would be here at this moment. Nobody did. 
but they're here. And, you know, when you're in the playoffs, none of that stuff matters. It's all about who's playing well right now. So the matchups that we have next week, you know, Tampa, Detroit, it's going to be a good game. Like I said, I think it's going to be very difficult for Tampa to come into Detroit and get a win. Um, so I will hope that the Lions show up ready to play again at home. Now, Green Bay going to San Francisco. It's going to be a tough game for uh, San Francisco. It's going to be it's going to be a good game. Um, going to be a good game. I will say that. So um, it's a great weekend of football coming up. Great weekend of football coming up. It really is. And this kind of goes into what you were talking about yesterday, that if you had your choice, you'd rather play the Philadelphia Eagles because of how bad they've been lately. But if they played good enough to beat the Buccaneers, maybe we don't actually want to face the Philadelphia Eagles. And it would have been a homecoming for Darius Slay. The fans would have been riled up for the return of Matt Patricia. Instead, the Buccaneers dominate. They take care of business. And this is a team that is not the same that we faced back all the way in, what was it, week six, whatever it was. It's a new team. At that point, they were kind of the scrappy competitors, you know, they hung in there every game, but you kind of figured maybe they win, maybe they lose. Now, the Buccaneers are just hot. They win. Baker throws for over 300 yards. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin both under 50 yards receiving. They just figured out new ways to move the football. And I got to tell you, that scares me a little bit, watching the Lions secondary. Now, it's different. The Buccaneers last night were able to break tackles and go catch and run. That is something that the Lions have actually been able to stop. It's the when they get behind them in the secondary. That's when the Lions really start to struggle. The deep ball versus the catch and run. Right. And and that's that's so when you talk about those things, that's what's scary. Because if you look at last night, Baker Mayfield took a few shots to Mike Evans. He dropped them. Right. And he don't drop them very often. Nope. Mike Evans still running past those guys. And, you know, Darius Slay, I know he's coming off of a knee injury, but he's still fast. Uh, Bradbury, I think he's, I think he's, you know, took a dip. It's just my personal opinion. Um, so what you saw last night, Slay coming off of a knee injury, James Bradbury just not really playing great. I didn't see those guys up in their faces a lot. So it was a lot of off coverage. And when you play a lot of off coverage, yeah, you're going to get those short passes. And when you realize that the Eagles DBs don't want to tackle, okay, well, that's going to be what we're going to do, right? So when you look at the Lions, the Lions, hopefully they're not going to play off of these receivers, although you have to respect these receivers, right? Mike Evans, uh, Chris Godwin, those are two viable options in the NFL, right? Mike Evans been doing it for a long time. So you're going to have to mix up your, your looks. You can't just show them a press look all the time because you don't want to get into deep balls and jump balls with Mike Evans. He's he's made a living over his career winning down the field balls. And you don't want to play off of him all the time and give him those little short passes that put you in those situations where you got to make really good one-on-one tackles. Um because that's tough. Yeah, I know some games you do it a lot better than others, but it's still tough. And so they got to do a good job of mixing up their looks when they're playing off, when they're playing press. Don't show it to them so fast. Mix it up. Don't give them any clues and and try to, you know, slow those guys down in their thinking process 
Otherwise, not saying that they're not going to be able to handle it, but we'll probably see more shots down the field just because of those two wide receivers and them probably not respecting uh, Cam Sutton and and Vildor as, at the corner. And that's something that we're going to be watching all week in practice. We're going to be watching in the game. It's just how do they match up with the explosiveness of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Because as a run game, I'm not particularly worried. I mean, the Buccaneers, they did have some success last night moving the football, running the ball, average over four yards per carry. Rashad White did end up getting a little bit banged up. Hopefully he is able to play against the Detroit Lions. 75 yards on 18 carries, so that's pretty good. Last time. When the Detroit Lions faced the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we had 35 yards rushing from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the running backs. And Baker's not a mobile quarterback either because we see so often the Lions shut down the running back, but the rushing yardage gets skewed. Now you don't have to worry about Baker taking off and running the football. And we know that the Lions, as long as they play their game, it's going to be fine. So it just, it really all comes down to can the Buccaneers passing game keep up with the Lions passing game? And can the Lions defense do enough, make enough plays, hold them to field goals in the red zone like they did the Rams? That's going to be the key. Yep, that's going to be the key. Defensively, we're like you say, we can't give up the big play. Can't give up the big play. And like I said, we saw Baker take some shots last night. He's going to take some shots. We saw Puka get behind us for a touchdown. We saw Atwell. That's the same play, type of plays that Mike Evans make, the Puka one, and Chris Godwin, the Atwell one. Those are the same type of plays. So we can't allow those things to happen. But then the guy that caught the little pass last night and realized that the Eagles didn't want to tackle and comes up, he's one of the fastest guys in the, that was at the combine. I think it was number 10, Palmer or somebody. Yeah. Right? When you get those little guys that make plays, now their confidence gets high. Right. And so when you're so worried about Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, you let those little guys catch a pass and they're in space and they're fast and they're hard to tackle. And we saw that a couple of times yesterday. Right. So keeping the big plays off of you, like like you said. Right. And definitely in the red zone. You got to be able to lock it down in the red zone and just understand what they're going to try to do. Right. That's the biggest thing. You never know exactly what play they're going to call but you understand what they like to do. You understand who they like to go to. That's who teams are going to try to go to. So if they get in the red zone, who who is their number one red zone target? I would assume that it's Mike Evans, but I don't have all of the stat numbers. They may have the numbers that shows he actually goes to this guy more than Mike Evans in the red zone. We haven't seen a lot of fade balls from Mike Evans over the years. Right. So maybe he's more of a 50 to 30 yard line deep ball guy so he can run past you, catch it in the end zone. Right. Maybe he's not an inside of the 10 fade route type of guy. So we don't have so you know, they'll have all that information because they they have the film. They'll study it. But no big plays. It's tough defense in the red zone, holding the field goals. We get touchdowns. I think that's a good formula. 
and and for me, this is just anecdotal. I don't have the numbers behind it, but it feels like Mike Evans, like you said, they're not looking for the jump ball. Instead, it feels like they're more looking for a slant of some way that he can box them out uh, an over and a curl sidling back in the end zone. They like that from him and they like that from the big body tight end Cade Otten as well. Eight grabs for 89 yards last night when the Lions faced them. They did shut Cade Otten down. But again, this is a new Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. The Lions defense is better than the Philadelphia Eagles defense. Lions fans want to complain about the Lions defense, but at least you know they are going to make the tackle. They might get burned every once in a while, but you know they are going to bring the ball carrier down. So I'm excited. We talked about this yesterday. I really do think they match up well with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I was surprised at how poorly the Eagles matched up with the Buccaneers, but sometimes it's just not your night. And unfortunately, It's not Jason Kelsey's night in the NFL anymore. He told his teammates that he's retiring all pro center. You just hate to see it. You hate to see it go down in such a disappointing way. Yeah. And, you know, I I think, you know, such a promising year that they had and for it to end the way that it did, obviously that's just not how you want to go out. I'm kind of surprised at the timing of it. Um, You know, for you guys to just lose like that and you make the announcement like right now, um, obviously you were going to do this anyway. So, you know, for me, if I'm going to do it anyway, I probably would at least wait it to, you know, calm down, just put my feelings out there about the game and how I felt, and then, you know, announce my retirement later in the process. You know what I'm saying? I think right now, announcing it, it kind of gets lost, and I don't know if he gets the proper, you know, respect or go out that he kind of deserves because we're all talking about how awful they played. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're talking about how awful they played. It's not like they won the Super Bowl and now you're just retiring on the spot. Like, yeah, that's different. You guys didn't play really well. You hadn't played really well for seven, eight weeks. You lose a very disappointing game into a very disappointing season. And then we get the news today. So, Congrats to him, though, on a great career, man. He did it for a long time. Um, been one of the best for a long time, you know. So I hate hate that he got to go out like this and have that that, that bitter taste in his mouth. Um, but sometimes that motivates you in 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 the second round of things that you uh, that you choose to do. And so, congrats to him. And uh, hated it went out that way, man. That's that's kind of how I feel about it too. Is it just adds an extra sadness to it? It you know it's the it's still reeling from the loss. The Philadelphia Eagles. It's just altogether sad. And then you see this, and it's like, damn, the Eagles are are changed forever because of this. Jason Kelsey was a fixture, and then they've got other guys, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. They're both free agents. We don't know what's happening with Lane Johnson, but waking up this morning to that news it really just hit me like this is not your philadelphia eagles team anymore that you've watched for so long it's a new era 
for better or for worse. And I just, I hope Jason Kelsey has all the success in the future. He was marvelous to watch. Hope he keeps the podcast going with Travis Kelsey as well. Cause that is a great show, but it's just the nature of the NFL. You can't always go out on a win like you did. Right. I went out, but I wasn't even in the playoffs. So yeah. I can't even say I went out on the win. Um, but you know that's that's just when you look at that Philly team and they put it up on the TV last night. I think it's probably time, um, and they may struggle a little bit. But when you looked at, you know, Jason Kelsey, obviously he retired. Fletcher Cox, free agent, right? Like I I don't know if he'll be back. You look at Brandon Graham; he's year fourteen, fifteen year guy now. You look at Lane Johnson. It's just it's just a, some of your guys that have been pillars for your team for so long. Sometimes you just gotta start. You gotta start over. They got a lot of young talent on the defensive line, and Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter, and you know even Hassan Reddick. I don't think he's an older guy. I mean, he's a veteran in the league, but you know you look at Darius Slade. Darius Slade's in year thirteen now, or something like that, right, 12, whatever it is. James Bradbury, those guys are, are getting older, right? Slay having the injury last night after coming off an injury, you know, dealing with different injuries throughout the year. You know, as a corner, when you start to have these knee injuries and hamstrings and legs and all these different things, and now uh, I think he went out last night with a back or something, you know, it starts to get tough. Um, not saying that that there's going to be some change, but you got to feel like there's going to be some change. Something has to happen there between either the coach, some players. Something has to happen there. And so uh, it's a sad ending, but, hey, man, it's the NFL. Like you say, we don't all get to, uh, you know, go out like Peyton Manning, we will say. Or, you know what I'm saying? We don't all get to do that. Um you know, Not Tom everyone Brady. can be Jerome Bettis winning right. the Super Bowl in your hometown. In your hometown, your right? Game. Yeah, everybody can't do that. But, you know, we all can go out. He can go out healthy, and he can look in the mirror, if he can look in the mirror, because I don't know him personally. But if he can look in the mirror and feel like Jason Kelsey gave the NFL, the Eagles, everything that I had left in the tank, and I can walk away proudly, then I think he'll walk into retirement and 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 do great things. If he has any doubt in his heart about if he gave it everything or if he whatever, then he'll have the itch to want to come back because you just feel like I left a little bit out there. And so hopefully uh he can he can look in the mirror and be proud of what he did and 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 walk away for good. Yeah. Absolutely. And it, it's a changing NFL landscape all the time. The Lions offseason has not started, but it has started for so many other teams. We're not going to get into the nitty gritty of the coaching thing, but I did want to ask you, Ben Johnson has five interviews this week to be a head coach. He's talking to the commanders. Apparently the commanders are all about Ben Johnson and they want to hire him. We'll see if that happens, but he's interviewing with the Panthers, the Falcons, the Titans, and the Chargers as well. Whereas Aaron Glenn, he's interviewing with the commanders, the Falcons, the Titans, and the Chargers of those five teams that Ben Johnson's interviewing. Only the Panthers aren't also interviewing Aaron Glenn. And so for me, I just want to know what's it like as a player when your coaches are 
being interviewed if you've ever been through that experience. Sounds like all the interviews are going to be done Friday, Saturday, and the game plan's already going to be put in by then, obviously. But is that a distraction as a coach, as a player, as a team? What is it like going through that? I mean, it's, you know, it's different. It's weird, especially if the media is getting involved and asking you questions about it. Um, but you obviously see the headlines, you see what's going on. And so, um, it's definitely there, you know what I'm saying? And the coaches try not to talk about it. They try to stay, you know, focused on the game plan, but it's definitely there. And sometimes, you know, you can see it in their demeanor, their body language, there. just a lot going on. You can see it on their minds. You know, I dealt with it a few years with Tara Lawson, who was, you know, always up or supposedly up for head coaching gigs or whatever when he was a D coordinator in Detroit. And you can see it in those years of, you know, we're in the playoffs and it's just a lot going on. So um, hopefully Ben can, can, you know, handle all those things. Uh, Stay focused on the task at hand because at the end of the day, if these teams are waiting to interview you, then they are really interested and your value is only going to go higher. The more you win, you win the division around, it's going to be higher. You get to the, the NFC championship and win that one. It's going to be higher. You go and win a super bowl. It's going to be higher. So continue to focus on, on you and, and the team. And all that other stuff will take care of itself because they're obviously waiting for you. And it just pads the resume. Obviously, I hope, I don't know, but I hope NFL teams aren't letting one game decide who they're going to hire, who they're going to fire. But you never know. Just keep stacking that resume. Keep getting wins. Keep preparing yourself for the future. And we got to hope that the Lions are prepared for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I have no doubt in my mind that they will be. I have no doubt in my mind that the crowd is going to be as electric as it was in round one. This is going to be a loud stadium. This is going to be a fun game. Any predictions, whether it's the score, whether it's things you're looking for, what kind of final things are you looking at with this game coming up? Well, I honestly think this game will probably be a lot like the last game from a scoring standpoint. Um, The Lions are playing really good at home. Defensively, they've been playing really good. They seem to be pretty healthy as well. Um, You know, Tampa has two good wide receivers. They got those other guys that's making plays. Um, but I just think the energy in the building, the 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 excitement, I think the Lions will be able to take care of these guys. Um, I know scoring was difficult in Tampa. They only scored 20 points. Um, but that's outside on the grass, on the road. Being at home, in your environment, you got both running backs back. Although I don't know if this was accurate what I saw, but I saw Jameer Gills didn't practice today. Ooh. Um, said he was out with a hamstring or something. Um, but that could have been—I don't know why I saw that. But it said injury report. Um, so we'll see what's going on there. But hopefully, the guys are healthy. Maybe it's just a rest day, giving the hamstring a break or something. Um, but I think I think the Lions can can get this win. I think it'll be a tough fault game, but I think you know 
a lot like the Kansas City game. It wasn't like Kansas City blew out Miami. And even like the the Tampa game last night, it wasn't like they just came out like the Lions and the Saints and it's 21-0 in the first quarter or kind of like the Packers and the Cowboys where they just kind of blowing them out. It's just kind of like slowly, methodically, you know, you go from 7 to zero to 10 to three to 13 to three to 16 to 10 and then next thing you know it's 22 and then it's 30 and you kind of like catch hold at the end of the game with a with a big play or a turnover or something like that and so i can see the score being like a like a 27 or 31 to like 13 or 27-17, something like that. I, I, I could see the Lions winning this one by, you know, 10 to, thir- 10 to 13 points for sure. And it would kind of be similar to last time too. It was 10 to 3 at half last time these two teams faced. It wasn't the blowout that the final score indicates. When you beat a team by 14 points, you think, okay, probably a blowout. It wasn't. And so I can kind of resonate with that i think that this is going to be a fun game it's going to be a competitive game the the buccaneers are going to come out strong i just think the lines are going to come out a little bit stronger for sure i i agree 100 percent. i think the lines will be you know i think they they are a mature team and we said this earlier in the year i, I think what they went through last year and just being able to mature and have the right pieces in the right places at the right time and guys are healthy um that means a lot. And I think I think those guys can can sense it. You know, the closer you get, man, the closer you get. That's really what it is, right? You're one game away from being in the championship game. So I think they'll be focused. I think they'll be locked in. I think they'll be ready to go. Um and I think, you know, we'll be either hosting the Green Bay Packers or flying to San Francisco. So I think it'll be a good game, though. I'll be there. It's going to be a great game. We're hoping for another W. Glover Quinn seems to be the good luck charm for the Detroit Lions. So far, 2-0 and when GQ is in the stands. Let's send that to 3-0. and Let's send it to 4-0 and next week, whether it's the 49ers, whether it's the Packers. Let's keep this train rolling. But until then, we will see you next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.